this looks very Grecian. They climbed a mountain yeah. to a temple. It might as well be the Temple of Delphine to <laughs> meet well, the Temple of Delphi to meet the yeah. <laughs> the Oracle, right? Like, yeah, I was like, the Temple of Delphine is a little bit different, Hedge. Uh, a little different. I hate, I hate <laughs> a little different. I hate the internet, dude. <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 115. I'm your host, Ryan, here with the other host, Edge. What's up, everybody? We got a fun one. It will be a little sad, but it's mostly fun. And maybe, you know, that I've said this three times now, it will work. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, third time's a charm. We've been having some technical issues doing oh, well. this damn intro. Yeah. Now I will say as far as like with the intro and us diving into it, I think what we need to do differently to save it right. Maybe it's the god speaking to us. And in Talos's name, housekeeping up top. Yeah, housekeeping up top. You can listen to us everywhere. Visit us at Podcast Core. Remember that's C-O-R dot com for all of our info. Email us at podcastcore at gmail.com to get in contact. And then follow us on all the platforms because that helps, right? That helps us with discoverability. Uh, we appreciate if you leave a like, if you like it, and then comment if you want to be heard. Uh, but the easiest way is word of mouth to tell a friend to find their heart to light by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. But listen, <laughs> results may vary. <laughs> we can't guarantee. <laughs> I mean, not only will results vary, but this is an example of what could happen when you find your heart light. <laughs> 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 It's tough out there in the dating world. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the Heartlight comic today. Um, we mentioned earlier in the previous Varus episode that this, the way we're doing the episodes for Varus content is going to be a little bit different because there's two comics we want to involve uh, based on giving us more information on what's going on. And with this Heartlight episode, we're also at the end going to talk about the As We Fall video. Um, it was a time where <clears throat> Wright was doing... Uh, music videos, which had animations for additional content or context on specific events. And Varys has one of these. Yes. And despite the fact that this is one of the earlier ones that they did when they started making this push into having additional content being put out in music videos, um, especially when for characters where they were retconning the lore, the despite this one being one of the earlier ones like the animation is really good like yeah. it holds up really well and this comic is good it, it's and it's also really short uh the yeah. same for the animation too just go give both of them some consumption because it, it they are they're well done they still hold up and then you can have you know a little bit more uh knowledge about what we're going to talk about be able to paint a better picture of what we're talking about. And you can just kind of interact with us, you know, tell us what you think. Hit us up, podcastcore.gmail.com. You know, like we'd love to talk about this shit like all day. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and we're going to start here with a story that we like to tell best in three parts. Uh, part one, this story takes place in Ionia, uh, the land of magic that we know, but also a land of balance. And there's not always peace there, uh, despite its peaceful demeanor. Uh, and we're following Valmir, and or Valmar, I'm gonna say Valmir, because uh, I like the way that sounds. It sounds more fantastical. Uh, okay. And then Kai. 
I, I that's even funnier because I work with I work with a guy named Kai. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so it's like, yeah, Valmir. Val, what's, we're going with Valmir. That sounds more fantastical. And then Kai. <laughs> <laughs> and these two are uh, a part of the arrows of protection, um, just known as monster hunters. Uh, from where they're from. And then Valmir is the archer and Kai is a swordsman. Yes. And as far as with this comic, it's going to pick up right out the gate as far as like showing these two in action, uh, which is, you know, kind of a refreshing thing. Like there's not really much of a buildup here or anything. Um, they, it's going off of a lot of, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, I don't know. It, it's going off of a lot of imposed information like you know it's not going to define anything it's like uh, we're gonna give you just the bare bones and you put that picture together as far as like that uh kai and valmir are heart lights and what that heart light means they're not going to go into detail of it but they're going to kind of show you it as far as within like their conversations but i I like this because it's a refreshing thing to just immediately be like giant beast dude running. Hit it. (laughs) Hit it already. Damn it. (laughs) Exactly. So we go to the uh, Nistrum uh, force in Ionia and they're fighting a horned beast. This is what they do. They're monster hunters. And Valmir does this fancy maneuver from the trees to give Kai an opening. uh, But takes a resulting blow from its claws and then Kai is able to deliver the killing blow on the back of that move. But now he has to tend to Val's wounds. Yeah. Um, and as far as like the between uh, Val and Kai, as far as in this moment where the, the in the aftermath, we get like, we actually kind of get like a ton of information here. We get to learn more about how like the non, uh, champions of league of legends uh like you know how the non-champion people like how they kind of survive we get to learn more about like the ionian style of medicine we get to learn more about the ionian culture as far as the way that relationships are formed and Mm -hmm. held as well as learning about monster hunters and all that is kind of happening in just a section of a handful of panels so it it, this is one of those ones where it's like uh, if you were to go back and read it, like these, like the pages two and three, as far as if you're scrolling it on a PC, they're the ones that you want to like pay attention to the most because you can really kind of dig in deep here because uh, we get to see the way that they use the nature around them as medicine. We get to learn more about what it means to be a heart light and just how in depth their relationship goes together. And, you know, kudos to Riot for not backing away from <laughs> like, oh, no backpedaling here. We're not too afraid. Like, no, we're we're proud. We're proud of gay people, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the timing just works out so well <laughs> when we're doing this episode. Yeah. yeah um, you, spoiler for when we're recording it. Happy Pride Month, everybody. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And yeah, Hetch made a great point that, you know, usually when we talk about stories, we talk about how they're written. Um, how it progresses, how they transition through events. Um, With this, you have images that go along with this. So in two pages, we're at this campfire where they're having dinner after this hunt, and we learn a bunch. Uh, We learn how they interact with each other. Uh, We learn that they're heading towards Palace, which we talked about before, which is an important place. And this is also where Val's mother's house is. 
Um, we learn that Kai's not just a swordsman, but he's also a skilled medic. And then Kai talks about the serpent leaf that he uses as medicine for uh, Val's wound, um, which gives it the numbing sensation and allows Val to take it easy, which we know that he tends to do often in these situations. Um, he doesn't really take anything too seriously. Uh, but there is a bit of foreshadowing in how Kai describes the serpent leaf. Uh, and you go read this yourself. <laughs> yeah, this go is read this yourself. Foreshadowing. Uh, yeah, like it, the yeah. foreshadowing here is it's it, it is a well like it's a well placed foreshadowing. Yeah, but it's not a delicate foreshadowing, right? No. Like this one, this one's a little ham fisted in there. Like, ha ha ha! You see what we did, guys? I mean, even um, the fact that it's called Shadow Leaf, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, this one's ham, a little ham fisted, but the the timing is good, which yeah. like as far as for like the writing side of it, it's like that part is really good. Um, and then the as for anyone that's coming into this, as far as uh, listening to our Varus episode first, um, like if you've already listened to that first and foremost, thank you. But also, you'll recognize that Palace, uh, being uh, Val's home, is. A very important location to the story due to the fact that that is where the temple that Varus's bow is being held in is the it is the temple of palace. So, it, yeah, like <laughs> we, like and and you know if you listen to the bio, you kind of know where the story goes. But you know, I'm not going to dive into that yet. But you know, it just kind of makes it a little more gut wrenching. Like, dude, that was his hometown. Yeah. Oh my God, he has to go through all of that shit. At home, <laughs> like yeah, I, like, man. When Noxus, the Noxus invasion is a pain in the ass, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> but it all changed when the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> uh, but that, like, those are like some of my favorite details that are put out in this. Uh, as far as in these panels, is that we get to see more of like the world of Palace itself yeah. being built, which builds into the depth of the Noxus invasion of Ionia. Because we know that we know that the Noxian invasion like is a big turning point for Ionia. But even for all these side characters, no one was safe. Yeah, and before we move into part two, we also get one more piece of information in which they during their adventure they saw a seer which seer, we have plenty of seer cards in the game, uh, but a seer in Soljin. And that seer told them that at some point their souls would be as one. And to them, remember, <laughs> we learned that this is his hometown. He's taking him to see his mother and meet his mother. To them, they think their souls becoming one is them establishing themselves as an official couple, right? Not just between themselves, but to their families. And we learn, obviously, what that actually means. So in part two, we get a day later. They now arrive in Palace. Kai is super nervous um, on how Val's mother's going to like him or not. And Val, we know his personality now, teases him about it. Uh, since moments later, they are welcomed with open arms. There's no concern. We found out that, you know, at a dinner that Val's mother is a diplomat of sorts and Kai is Navorian. Which you've probably heard that before. And then there's a bunch of children around the table that are happy to see him. And they also want to hear the monster stories about the, who they've hunted because that's who they are, right? Monster hunters, kids love monsters. Uh, so that that's a good way to start this visit to see the fam. Yeah, yeah. You've got to – if you're going to be like, you know – 
living a very rough lifestyle. You're gonna, you know, that they have some stories. I mean, hell, we got to see the beast that they, the horned beast that they slew, like on the way to palace. Like that's a story for those kids to eat up perfectly. So yeah, they this these panels are really well done because it does feel like every kind of you know family get together that I've experienced. Yeah. Like they, so this one is just well written in the fact that it feels natural. Like it feels good. But I will say that one of the things that I love the most as far as like the reveal uh, for Kai's family um, is that the more that we get to look at the scenery of Palace, the more that we get to look at the scenery or well, not the scenery, but the clothing that they wear and like the more they talk about their day to day lives in Palace. Uh, this is the first time as far as on Ionia that we get a not far eastern look on the island and like we and we've talked about it a lot in our champion episodes that ionia is a very diverse island but then you know we talk about like the like shen and akali and master yi (laughs) (laughs) it's like where's the diversity you speak of that's not just fairy animals and this is it right like we get to see a very like grecian uh, or Greco-Roman influence yeah. here as far as that, uh, you know, the mom is a part of like a essentially like a Senate and like she goes yeah. and debates like that's very much like, you know, your Greek philosophy kind of lifestyle. And we get to see that as far as in the buildings and stuff that it looks like this looks like a something that would have come out of like the island of Athens or something. Right. Like it, It's a very good look. And I love seeing that bit more of diversity added into Ionia, which was needed at this point. And I want to say, I'm happy you brought that up, because one thing that will take a while when you're reading this is to know which one is Val, which one's Kai. And it happened to me uh, at the beginning, because it still happens to me. <laughs> yeah, they're more diverse than other characters we've seen, like Hetch mentioned, but they do look very similar to each other. Um, hairstyle kind of gives away. So like them visiting Val's family, you can see, okay, this one's Val this one's Kai, right? Um, And if it takes a while for you, don't feel bad. (laughs) I want to say that. I'm glad you get this disclaimer out because there will probably be a point that I mix it up. Um, Oh, yeah, we'll mix this up. (laughs) We're going to mix it up. (laughs) But all you need to know is that their heart lights and their souls will be one. Yeah, (laughs) at the end it doesn't matter. Spoilers. (laughs) 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 So after this dinner... Um, before going to bed, Val tells Kai uh, that they must take the horned beast. They have the horn from the beast they beat, uh, that they killed on the way here. Take it to the Aluxan cage. And this is the magical temple on the cliff. And that will be the offering the next day because, remember, this is still Ionia. The sense of balance, this plays into those rituals. And that night, though, Val does have a nightmare. And in this nightmare, we get senses and vague visions of the Varus we know. Yes. And it is it's really nice to see that, you know, we do have a bit of um, essentially more of like the Aatrox influence into Varus here, because we do talk about it in his bio that like his psyche is gone, right? Like he has completely given himself over to rage 
and vengeance. And so we know that, like that is how he became an ascended in the first place was by giving into those emotions. So it's good to see that, you know, despite being trapped in this temple, that he was he was still trying to do the Aatrox thing, right? Like still trying yeah. to call on to people like, come on, buddy, come grab this. Whereas like with Aatrox, you know, he's just left on whatever discarded battlefield his host died on. Yeah. Um, for Varys, the reason that this hasn't worked before is because... He was imprisoned very effectively. All right. Like that's, but so it's, it's good to see that, like, you know, he's still the ascended or the darken. The darken are just, you know, kind of a, we can lay a blanket statement out there that they have a lot of reach, even within the confines of their prisons. Um, but that is a good detail to see here. Uh, and I mean, if I was, like for for Kai and Val here, right? Like we we have the picture painted that, that is for monster hunters. They they are very attuned to the balance of the spiritual world and stuff. Yeah. You would think this vision would mean more to them, right? We're gonna get into that like in this next panel. Uh, as far as it's like, oh, I didn't sleep well. No, no, my my brother in Christ, like you were even talking about the balance and it's like, yeah. oh, we have to go and give up this thing. I had a vision. We should talk about it. Right. Like that's is it that what spiritual people do? <laughs> yeah. And this this is what plays into us now having no knowing Val's personality. He's playful. He's very nonchalant. And he doesn't think much of it. Doesn't tell Kai. Kai being more serious looks at him as they're going up. So now they're heading towards the palace to give their, you know, their blessing, their offering. And Kai notices, he's like, Val, you look pale. Are you good? He's like, yeah, everything's cool. Don't worry about it. And they just move on, right? So they head up and they reach the top where we get another character introduced, which is Master Kobayashi. And this is obviously a seer-like character that's specific to his town, his village. And the master first thanks them for offering their the horn to maintain balance to the temple. Uh, but then she tells Val, as Kai's kind of left his side, um, that he needs to actually leave Kai. They can't be together and it's for their own safety because the seer or this master Kobayashi has had a vision of the future uh, and that the spirits have showed her. And Val obviously is reluctant and torn on this instant, you know, thing that has popped up because that's the whole reason they're here is to strengthen their bonds through family. Right. Like this is, this is essentially like the, the whole tour for the, the family to meet your fiance. That's what this yeah. is. And to have someone that is of such a high uh, a someone of such a high stature and within the society of home tell you that it's like, Hey, you got to break this off. This isn't going to work. Like that's obviously not going to be taken over well. Uh, but they, we also get to see here that you, because uh, Master Kobayashi is like, well, you remember your oaths, right? It's, I yeah. know the damn oaths. <laughs> and so we do know that the monster hunters, they do take some kind of oath. Like this is a, a very honor bound kind of role to have, which does fit with a lot of the other Ionian lore that we know up to this point, despite the fact that 
again, this looks very Grecian. They climbed a mountain yeah. to a temple. It might as well be the Temple of Delphine to <laughs> meet, well, the Temple of Delphi to meet the, yeah. <laughs> the Oracle, right? Like, yeah, I was like, just, Temple of Delphine is a little bit different, Hedge. Uh, a little different. <laughs> You're a little different. I hate the internet, dude. It's ruined everything for me. We live in different times. But yeah, so this is the part where Hedge mentioned earlier, then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. So outside at the top of this temple, uh, Val can see Noxian ships. That's not great. Uh, and because of this vantage point, you would think, oh, they're far off. Well, no, there's already a battle going on and they're making their way up to the palace. So this immediately starts a battle. Kai is putting up his own fight when Val turns around, uh, but is struck down, sending Val into kind of a blind rage. Val starts to let arrows fly with anger, striking down the remaining Noxians. Hint, hint, wink, wink. This is a callback to something previously we talked about in the previous episode. So definitely check that out if you still haven't. And after he fells all of these enemies that have gotten to this point, he decides to go over to the fatally wounded Kai to see like if there's any hope. And again, I like, this is where these are the panels because obviously like, you know, it's the panels of combat and we love our Sakuga on this show. (laughs) So yeah, of course, you know, that's one of the reasons I like these panels, but it's like going from the panel where we get to see the Noxus ships come in uh, with Valmar, uh, realizing that there is a battle going on. Uh, this we get to see like a collision of different cultures all within these panels because the whole like realization that Noxus is attacking for Val is preceded by these falling red leaves. Um, which is very much like more of a far Eastern influence there. It's like the following of the, of the cherry blossoms yeah. uh, that is showing, you know, a change in time or like a tide of battle is changing. So we get that influence there and then watching them fight in action. Like they're very much wearing Greco Roman style armor yeah. while fighting, you know, the Noxious Legion, which very much looks Roman uh, despite the back backdrop being this very heavily Japanese influence kind of look. So I, I love these panels. They're really good. I, I think this is one of the, one of the many reasons to go back and read the story. Oh yeah. But the, the visual choice and the themes that they, that stick throughout all these panels is perfect. Um, I'm a big fan. Uh, currently, if you're playing Diablo, I'm a big fan of the blood rose blood petals representation um, I think it it always nails the theme when you're dealing with that stuff. Absolutely. And the way it's used here to both contribute to what's happening here, but also meld both the Greek style, the Greco-Roman, and the Eastern influence. It's just like, they know what the fuck they're doing. And this is why artists yeah. should always get paid all the money. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just pay the commission, damn it. <laughs> just, just pay the commission. Uh, but so then we we do have like the the aftermath. They're able to successfully defend the the temple of palace. But uh, Kai got 
destroyed right yeah. like this and you know as far as like reading the bio it's you know we do have it. it's like oh like he took a mortally wounded kai uh into the temple no they they made sure to be like no he didn't just like take an arrow and it's like oh we don't know it's yeah. a little sketchy no this man is a pin cushion like boromir <laughs> from lord of the rings <laughs> yeah it's bad and as we remember what we said at the beginning even though we may have messed up the names a bit <laughs> Kai is the one that's a medic, and he's the one that's wounded. So Val's like, fuck, okay, well, I'm going to guide him towards this magic well, because everything I've learned in my home about this place is that, you know, it's magic to benefit us because we give our offerings and we pay, you know, credence to this thing. It should be able to help us when needed, right? Well, as he's heading towards the well with this wounded Kai, a wounded master, Kobayashi, is begging him not to do this since the actions won't turn out the way he believes because remember they're not supposed to be together at all. So a grieving Val ignores this keeps heading towards. And in this final part, he jumps in along with Kai holding him tightly. And this is where our comic stops. And, and, you know, like to give like a little bit of credit, all right, like to the thought yeah. process here is that we we can take uh, Kobayashi's words directly, which is the magic of this place is ancient. It weaves the past and future and can renew that which is broken. And yeah, like, of course, like, you know, he's not the medic. Like Val's not the medic. Kai's the medic. Yeah. Kai's the one that's hurt. But, you know, it's like, look at the body. This body is broken. <laughs> and the magic here can weave things that were once broken <laughs> like i get it i get where he's coming yeah. from and this is more of that thing of like um uh for uh i'm a huge fan of warhammer lore and one of the things oh, that's always one of the things that's always brought up when like warhammer fans are talking is that you know the emperor of mankind was a bad dad yeah. and it's like, why was one of the reasons he was a bad dad? He didn't tell any of his sons the real reasons as to why he was setting rules. Kobayashi didn't tell, <laughs> didn't tell Val <laughs> the real reason why this place is, you know, constantly fixing things that are broken because it's constantly fixing the seals that are keeping Varus in check. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then so you know yeah like it just it sucks like it is a completely sucky situation yeah and i like unfortunately he was left with you know in his mind he was left with no other choice right like to him it's like the only way to save kai is to try this um, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the first time taking scriptures literally have causing issues right like it's something that's very consistent in real life and in literature and this takes us to our music video, which is As We Fall. So after you've read the comic, which we re recommend you do, it's great. And then you go watch the video. It literally picks up right where it left off, right? We have Kai and Val at the well while Val is contemplating making this decision. They leap in and then the visuals shift, right? We get to see the prison that we know Varys is trapped in. We get to see the representation of the souls, around this well that's keeping him imprisoned and immediately as they leap in kai gets sucked down to the prison yes and and we also get to see that it's like val obviously has no idea what's going on uh, i mean who could know what's going on at this point it's not like anyone was crazy enough to dive in here right yeah um 
So we get to see like, you know, Val just quickly trying to catch up to Kai and just unknowingly kind of settling his own fate within this hellscape already because obviously Varus goes for the easier prey which mm-hmm. is the body that can't move <laughs> but that now Val's stuck in there too and the imagery from this point on is sick like the it is so crazy sick that like it doesn't even feel like a league of legends kind of thing does yeah. if that makes sense like this this feels like something that uh i mean like you mentioned diablo before like th- this looks like a diablo cinematic from this point on to me uh, or like if somebody was like what if diablo was set in the world of inception <laughs> yeah yeah because when they first leap into the well it's just represented as a spiritual pool of water and then they see the the prison that Varys is in and as he's breaking out of it that shattering sucks in all the water into a hellscape of souls that are forming this wall that's grabbing a hold of them which represent the souls that Varys has taken over the thousands of years up until his imprisonment and they're holding them still as Varys is doing his thing and and then we get to see as far as like the initial struggle, because one of the cool things with this being like a, you know, kind of like a combat of souls. Yeah. Is, since Val is in there, I think that's why we get to see this cinematic from this point, yeah. it, because I don't I don't know, like if Kai would have been able to like just battle it off at all. Right. Yeah. And but. Like the fact that there is someone else here, Varus is like, well, I've got to change up plans now. And we get these, like, they're very kind of scattered like images. It's very hard to keep track of. But in every instance, it's Val and Kai either trying to get back together, like, try, like, they're trying to reunite, or yeah. they're trying to just fend off Varus. And the, it's a really good way of kind of showing that despite the fact that this is the resurrection of Varus, that we, from the get go, Varus was never 100% in control. He was just constantly fighting to be, be the one in control. Uh, And these images set like they, they do a great job of showing that while also kind of, you know, giving a creative look of what that would kind of look like, because I, I mean, this is obviously a very fantastical idea, yeah. but the, this like it, the imagery works for me. I think they did a really good job of that. Of just like, Oh, like it, it, being trapped in this kind of hellscape could shatter your mind. And then we get to actually see exactly. images of these heads kind of like breaking off into like different pieces of like energy almost. Yeah, and ultimately where the struggle starts to tailor off towards the end of the video is um, very on the nose of Kai backed into a rock and then Varys' spirit coming and grabbing the arrow that killed him from his heart, pulling it out, notching that arrow, and shooting it into the heart of Val. And that then merges all three souls and we get to see the struggle towards the end, ultimately resolving in the physical space again, where Varys comes out of this pool. And as someone who had a lot of fun playing Varys back in my League of Legends day, like watching that resurrection of Varys is awesome. I was just like, yes, 
Yes, load up that queue, baby. Hit that queue. Let's go to town. Let's go kill some people. Like they, uh, but I do like as far as just not. I mean, I, I get the fanboy a little bit with the yeah. animations of Varus, but we do get to see that like Varus is definitely not like we get to see like how far the Darkin have kind of gone. Right, like yeah. he does not look anything like an ascended anymore and when he does you know notch an arrow like on the physical plane yeah uh not within that internal struggle when he notches that arrow and the way that his bow starts moving and reacting you can see just how absolutely gone the ascended varus is yeah and how much the void has damaged the darken and which is why it's a threat to everybody because the Darkin weren't necessarily good. Yeah. <laughs> they're they a problem. They're a real problem, but they were strong enough to kind of stem the tide of the void. And you could still see how these literal gods were just twisted and contorted by the void. And all that is done just at the very end of the cinematic. And I was like, yes, I loved every second of that. Yeah. It's once again, well done. Definitely go watch it. And the part that we know as the readers and understanding the lore is that we know who's on the other side of that bow is you have a hateful creature pointing a bow at a hateful nation because Noxians are attacking. So it puts him back in a situation. We talked about like Aatrox. We talked about other. We talked about Kane. Every time they take over their host, their host is usually in a situation of struggle or war, which is ideal for them as darkens right because they feed on the energy so us being left there is great because that's where our episode stops and later we're going to talk about the other comic uh in the line related to varus and then also the story that's associated with varus um that picks up where this leaves off yeah there's there's a lot like the the whole rising of varus as we know him in league of legends takes a lot and unfortunately part of that amount that it takes is the physical forms of kai and val like they're gone so you know thanks riot for giving us you know like some pride month joy and then immediately being like all right they're dead <laughs> 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 so with that <laughs> there's a terrible way for us to end but thanks for listening <laughs> and we'll be back soon with the next episode and just for a little you know sugar on top don't worry Val and Kai aren't done yet Oh, that no, love no. Will, will reign supreme like love wins everybody love wins alright but not right now not on this episode <laughs> None of this episode. In this episode, we're all going to a pint of ice cream. <laughs> we'll see you soon, everybody. <laughs> Take care, everybody.